2: I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: And we want you to make some noise. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go racing here in Knoxville. Oh, like the best go three of them. It is showtime at Williams Grove Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here at Aldora Speedway, it's showtime! Have you got them for a rest. Often imitated, never duplicated. The greatest show on dirt.
2: It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy because ladies and gentlemen, it's shooting set to do battle for thirty laps. The green flag
0: is waving.
1: Happy race day, Aaron. It's race day. <laughs> it is. It's ra- we're we're at race day. It is the Agco Jackson Nationals, and it's race day, and we're all geeked up about oh, this yeah. thing. Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. She's Aaron Everham. I'm Steve Post. This is Wing Nation, our podcast. And if you're listening to this on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, it's race day at Jackson. Yeah. And so we are set to go for the forty first annual Ag Code Jackson Nationals. And this one is going to be epic. Oh. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? I mean and, and that's just the off track. Yeah. Then we get the racing.
3: Yeah, and that newly configured track not newly, it's yeah. a year old a or two year old yeah, but Oh that race track races is, like yeah. Oh
1: my gosh, that track yeah. races so I mean good. I know
3: you're worried about the burger bar and all the other good well, stuff. Well all the other the stuff exactly. But
1: and- yeah, well we'll we'll get to that too. So we'll do all of that. But it is great. Uh it's race day and we're gonna have live shows each and every night. It's five o'clock in Jackson, right there on the Miller Light stage. Yep. Minnesota Mafia bringing the show. And of course, it'll be on wingnation.com and on Facebook uh, at six, I guess at six Eastern time. Yeah. So there you have it. Follow along with us all week long from Jackson. Hey, today on the program, we're going to talk to Darren Pittman. Um, a lot has been made about track safety. Darren has a critical key role in this whole process as the liaison. Between drivers, racetracks, World of Outlaws, and and we just want to we just want to get his vision on what he does. Um, the the topic obviously came up last week at Atomic Speedway. And and we're not we're we're not a bash the speedway sort of uh, show. We're never going to be that show. If you want someone to raise hell and bash speedways, go somewhere else. We're not going to be those guys um, and gals. We we just we don't operate that way. The irony of that situation was is that in working to make improvements on the racetrack. It didn't get done, and we yeah. ended up in a worse spot. But the everyone at Atomic Speedway, the, the goal is the, the, the very issues we're talking about. So, But it did bring it to the forefront, and I figure it's a great time to have a conversation with Darren Pittman about what his role and the way that they're doing things with the World of Outlaws. So we'll chat with Darren Pittman here in just a little bit. Before we do that, though, we need to take a listen back. Last week... Last Friday night at Ocean Speedway, it was the NARC King of the West series. They were running there, it was Ryan Burnell challenging Dominic Selzy. Speed Speedshift TV had it, this is what it sounded like. It's our dry dean diesel all deftifying move of the week.
2: And now for the dry dean deftifying move of the week, where one driver simply amazes us with their on-track moves. High drama here at the Pombo Sergeant Classic. Ryan Burnell's got two car lengths to make up. Bonsai move into three. For now, underneath Selzy. Selzy turns it back
1: down underneath him.
2: That death-defying move was brought to you by Drydeen Diesel All-Deaf, the official death of the world of outlaws and wheelmen everywhere. Visit Drydean.com for more information. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's
0: in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. Enjoy our value favorites, like a sausage McMuffin with egg, just two for $4. And get an any-size McCafe premium roast coffee for just a buck. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I- I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change. Like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm. Is that macadamia
3: nut I taste? Let
2: me take one more. Sir, mm. Yeah, I thought so. Fifteen minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: Once upon a time in a convenience store, a woman asked, which zero-calorie drink will I like more? The cashier said, I have a thought. Coke Zero Sugar always hits the spot. The
3: taste made her heart fill with laughter. And with her Coke Zero Sugar, she lived happily ever after. Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, unbelievably delicious.
2: No trip to the store is complete without the unbelievably delicious zero-calorie
0: taste of Coke Zero Sugar. For a local grocer."
2: This is the Wing Nation Podcast. Back to Steve Post and Aaron
1: Evernham. We are glad you joined us. We're all jacked up about Jackson Motorplex. We're going to be there, but also here on the Motor Racing Network, we're fired up because it's Procore Week here on MRN as we gear up for a big triple-header weekend in Chicagoland. Whether you're a general contractor, a specialty contractor, or an owner, Procore's construction management software is built to help your team stay on budget on schedule and in control. No matter what you're building, Procore can help you finish ahead of the competition. Let's go to the guest line. Joining us here, guy that's having a really stout season on the World of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Tour. And a guy that also has another role in the sprint car world that he's, that he's tending to as well. Darren Pittman is on the line. Hello, Darren. Welcome back to Wing Nation.
2: Hey, Steve. Uh, always good to be on. Thanks for having me.
1: Great to chat with you, Darren. Darren, we we will we, we'll talk here in, in a little bit. We're going to talk about a uh, season because you're having a really good run. But uh, one of the the reason I really wanted to dial you up is is that you have a role. I, I think it's unofficial. Um, maybe it's official. But, but uh, let me let me go back. The Sprint Car Council a year a year and a half ago came out with rules for safety and they did a great job documenting some of the changes that need to be made to the race cars. Series sanctioning bodies jumped on board and did all of that. I kind of scrolled down that and then I'm like, "Well, where's 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 the track stuff?" Okay? While well, the track stuff was not done in a press release, the track stuff is being done in the trenches, and Darren, you're one of those guys in the trenches. So, I say all of that background just to just to say, "Darren, what is what is your role? What are you doing? How are you How are you in the middle of this working on some track safety issues?"
2: Uh, yeah, I guess it, uh, to go back, um, my role is extremely unofficial, uh, uh, (laughs) you know, to, to kind of get everything caught up or so that people understand, um, some things that are happening, um, after Jason's accident last year, basically the, all of our full-time outlaw guys got together, um, and just, uh, you know, basically had a, a very, um, Uh, you know, small uh, meeting just amongst us that said, you know, like enough's enough. Like I think, you know, and I'm as guilty as uh, if not more guilty than anybody of just turning my backs on problems. Honestly, I, I, you know, I stopped looking at racetracks and certain things because I didn't want to know, like, I felt like um, this is just myself personally talking. I didn't want to look at safety concerns because, You know, nobody's going to listen to me. What am I going to do? How am I going to get it changed by myself? So um, my mentality was, I don't want to see it. I'm here to race. You know, it's my time. It's my time. Basically, everybody got together. You know, a lot of us were all on the same page as far as we've all been doing this. And, you know, enough, enough. I don't want to just keep turning my back on problems that have been at tracks for years and years. So basically, essentially, all we decided to do was that amongst ourselves as drivers, every night, every track we'd go to, you know, we—it's our responsibility. Um, everybody's, each individual driver's responsibility to go around the racetrack and uh, you know just take a look and, go, and take a picture, take a note of something they don't like, um, and we're going to go to our series and go, hey, listen, these are some concerns um, that we have and things that we want to address. Uh, before we come back the next time. Um, Our intention was never to, um, you know, close a place down or or tell a place that we're not coming back, but just to express our concerns that these are some areas of a racetrack that the drivers are concerned about. And here's some options that we would like to see as far as how to fix them and make them safer for us. Um, and in the middle of that meeting, somehow I got designated as the guy rather than, you know, 12 or 15 drivers reporting to the series individually about their concerns. Um, we have a group set up, um, chat that, uh, they send me their concerns and then I take them and go to the outlaws and go over the things that we would like to see changed. Um, so essentially that's sort of how it's, uh, you know, came about. Um, it was Something that was unanimously uh, attended. Um, you know, every driver attended our meeting. Everybody was on board. Um, we went down and sat down with um, the head um, uh, people in, in charge of the outlaws and explained to them um, what we were doing, and um, you know, expressed our concerns and that we fully expected um, you know their cooperation. That, that we were taking this very seriously. Um, they they took us very seriously and, and have done a great job in the meantime of listening and trying to address um, all of our issues and a lot of them aren't going to get fixed in a year um, maybe they won't get fixed in two years but we are I feel like um, making very good headway as far as you know tackling some of the low lying fruit or, or some of the major problems that can you know um, maybe inexpensively be addressed uh, with you know, intentions of, uh, you know, having some of these tracks obviously address some of, uh, you know, the more expensive ones, you know, over time.
3: Darren, you kind of hit on my question early on. You talked about as a driver, you kind of turn your back on it because you don't want to, no one ever wants to think of what if could happen. When you're there to race, you're there to race. But now you and and the other drivers are going to tracks and you're kind of looking to try to find things to improve, but you know the improvements aren't going to happen overnight. Is that a little bit challenging emotionally, a little distracting?
2: Um, a little bit. I mean, I think a lot of that is every individual is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, it definitely, uh, you know, I think over the last twelve months we've all been, uh, we all deal with these issues a little bit differently. Um, but you, you know, at the end of the day, I have comfort knowing that I, I have more comfort in myself personally now knowing that. Um, we're trying and we're doing everything. We can. Are we ever going to make all these tracks completely safe? No way. Every track that we go to, um, and, and our plan was to only address the tracks that we go to from the day that we stepped, had that meeting going forward. It was not to sit down and look at a, a schedule and go back on tracks. It was strictly to wait till we go to a track, make a list and ask the tracks or our series, to address these problems with the track before we come back the next time. Um, That was, we felt like that was going to be the most effective way to have, um, you know, just recently been there, seen a problem and bring it up to the track right after that event and go, listen, we don't like this. We think this can be better. Can we please get this addressed? And um, so we didn't just go back and start, you know, making stuff up off of memory. We've been trying to take photos and send, but at the end of the day, Um, to answer your question, you know, there's a lot of racetracks that are very, very safe. And honestly, um, you would look at and go, there is nothing wrong with this place. But yet, um, you you know, I've had several meetings with Carlton. We try not to ever say, well, nothing can ever happen here or on this particular spot because, you know, I don't see how it can happen because it can. Um, You know, every time something happens, it's always, Wow, we didn't think that was a possibility. So, we can never make these tracks completely safe, and that's not our goal. And and honestly, we feel like this is a you know it's going to be ongoing. Just because a track makes some changes this year doesn't mean they're going to not you know they're done for the next year. I mean, we hope that it's just a continuing process that each track looks at their facility and goes, well, let's you know let's continue to improve and just hopefully eliminate. Um, some of these dangerous areas that have just been overlooked for you know an extended period of time so um, I just have more comfort knowing that um, we're all working towards the same goal and that we are being heard and that changes are being are happening if something happens in the meantime um, I feel like we're in a good era of at least um, nobody is at least just you know staying quiet and turning their backs to these problems anymore
1: How would you overall, and I know each situation is different, each track is different, and it's such a challenge because uh, to to, to do some things, you know, to do some things cost $500 and to do other things cost, you know, uh, $200,000, and and, and you guys understand all of that. In general, across the board, and and dealing through Carlton, and then, you know, Carlton goes to the racetracks, or the World of Outlaws go to the racetracks, how has has it opened up? Have you had instances where the dialogue has really opened up, and 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 you, you've gotten some really good positive feedback and positive adjustments and changes along the way? What are what are some things that kind of stand out to you?
2: So that's really not a question for me. Yeah. Um, in that when we went to the Outlaws and, and explained what we wanted to do as drivers to move forward, um, they heard us, but they took it as a hundred percent on themselves. They didn't want us going and this is way we said listen if you want us to go to the tracks we will and they said they, they stopped us right there and said no this responsibility falls on us we want you to bring us the your issues we will um, take it up with the tracks the tracks basically work together with the series not necessarily with us and we work for the series essentially so how the dialogue has gone um, you know I would be unfair to, to um, I'm sure they've had some some good and probably not so good conversations they you know they don't report to me and uh no. tell me how things are going. All we know is when we show up if things are done and I can say that um I mean it's it's really from my opinion from what I've seen um I think it's been very well received and like I said, most of the changes, that we have, we've not once gone to a race track and said, this catch fence is completely dangerous. We need it replaced before we get back here next time. These are the 200000 half a million dollar changes that, um, you know, would shut a facility down. Um, that was never our goal. It's This opening is dangerous. Let's get water barrels, hay bales, whatever, you know, several options in front of it. Let's close this gap up, um, you know, uh put a tire in front of this opening or, or a pole or, or something that, um, so a lot of these changes that we are requesting are in our opinion, very inexpensive, if not free, if they, if the track, you know, has any connections, um, you know, with local businesses that, you know, honestly, a lot of the stuff is, uh, you know, is scrap that can be used as extreme, you know, really, really good safety measures. So, um, All that's been received really well. And I think, uh, you know, I think if honestly you go back from the beginning of this year, or really when this started um, to all the tracks, I bet 80% of the tracks we've gone to, there's been some adjustments to every single one of them. They may not be obvious to the the average fan or anybody who's not looking for it, but for us as drivers, um, I bet there's been some safety measures taken at at least. 80 to 90% of the tracks we go to, and I want to say the 10 to 20% that haven't, um, honestly, we may not have requested anything. So uh, I, I think we're, we're in a time, unfortunately, where this is a winnable argument with these tracks. They don't really have a leg to stand on, in, in my opinion, to fight us um, on some things that we're asking for, and now is our time to take advantage of that. Um, and just make sure that we follow through, and that the series follows through to continue to make these places safer.
3: Wow, that's that's great progress. Eighty to ninety yeah. percent of tracks making things uh, you know safer is, is that's great news, Darren. When you go to a track, uh, you mentioned openings and gates and whatnot. What are some of the first things you look for? What are some of the common issues that you see?
2: Yeah, the biggest thing is just openings that a don't have a wall, or, you know, don't have a gate, um, and just Basically having a, a, brunt, a, a blunt edge of a, um, of a guardrail or some sort of a wall um, that's just unprotected. Um, you know, I think over time, track people have learned that the smaller we can make these openings, the better. Um, obviously, gives less of a room to hit that opening. But every track, you know, we've got to have a gate. We've got to have an opening of some sort to get in and out of. Um, we just got to do a better job of protecting them. You know, and. I think most places we've gone to, I don't know that we've been to a track this year that you know basically has an opening that doesn't have some sort of barrels or something in front of it now. And and that definitely wasn't the case over the last couple of years. So um, you know, even places that we're just coming to say for the first time since all this has happened, um, the outlaws have done a really good job of, of trying to address these problems before we even say anything. I mean, there's been a, a handful of issues we get there and and you know somebody will point out hey you know we had them do this today um, you know at, on this opening and it's like man this is great so we're we're going the right way it's uh, you, you want the openings as small as possible you want any sort of inside opening outside opening you just want them covered because you just never know where contacts can be made um, you know one hot topic obviously is is concrete walls that don't have a fence on them um, uh, you know, it's, they're extremely dangerous for our cars to land on top of them. Uh, they're, they're extremely sharp edges that, uh, you know, on the concrete that are, you know, uh, can cut through our tubing really easy and, and that landing on is, is a problem. So, uh, we look at that and, and ways that, you know, tracks can put stuff on top of them or, you know, change. We're really just trying to do away with any sort of open Jersey barrier concrete block you know, over time, um, if possible, because honestly, we, as drivers, we feel like that's really one of the most dangerous and leaves us the most exposed as drivers.
1: Mm-hmm. Darren, I think Aaron and I just looked at each other and we've kind of asked all the questions that we have is, and, and I want to talk to you a little bit about your season, but is there anything else that, that our listeners, race fans kind of need to go need to know as, uh, as, as your message on, on, on this front?
2: I just think they've got to know that it's going to, I mean, us as drivers, we know we want this to happen tomorrow, but it's not going to. Yeah. And we're the ones that are the most at risk. And I think everybody has got to understand that this is not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen this year. Um, it's really complicated, more complicated than the average fan or even, a um, the more than average fan understands as far as how these improvements take place. Um, the races that we probably run this year um as far as the outlaws go aren't promoted by the track themselves that owns it so who pays for mm-hmm. these improvements mm-hmm. we ask for gets more complicated than then this is a problem fix it you know we have so many promoters that come in and just lease a facility so is that you know part-time promoter going to pay for it is the track going to pay for mm-hmm. it who's actually not even making the money on their marquee events of the outlaws so There's a lot of working pieces um, in place that um, are more complicated, I think, than most people understand. But the sport, in my opinion, is headed in the right direction. And we are going – it is – I can tell you that I feel like a majority of the places we have gone to this year are safer than they were last year. Our race cars, because of the changes that we made over the wintertime, are safer than they were last year. Um, does that make us completely safe and, and free from, from other accidents happening? Absolutely not. But we're going the right direction. Let's give it some time. Let's figure out the series, all the series, not just the outlaws. I can only speak because that's who I deal with every day. I know Brett and Tony and everybody with the all-stars and Steve Sinclair with IRA. and, and I mean, this countless goes on and on. They're all working hard to get their tracks to make changes. And it's not so much for when we are there. We want to see, you know, we made to go to track once a year. And we want to see it safer for when we're there. But we want those safety measures to be there for everybody else that races the rest of the season as well. So it's just going to take time. This is a long-term, when it comes to tracks, this is a very long-term process that hopefully continues. And if it goes at the rate it's going right now, you know, it's only going to continue to get better. And so hopefully they can keep that in mind. And just because something happens is not the reason to throw up an alarm that, nothing's happening across the country we're in the same spot we were because i can tell you from being in the middle of it we're way better off and we are not in the same position we were 12 months ago
1: fantastic that is such good news that really truly is uh to shift gears here uh, other good news is that 83 car looks awful stout, Darren. I mean, I know, I know it's 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 tough to duplicate when you when you start like you did a Volusia, winning everything down there. You're you're never going to maintain that pace. But but how good are things from the driver's seat of that Roth car right now?
2: <laughs> the last the last several races have been been really good. So we started off great, like you, you touched on, and and then just sort of maintained. And or, you know, we didn't maintain; we we fell off, but we you know we're still very consistent. And then the wheels fell off for about three weeks straight. And uh yeah, it was a pretty frustrating time. But uh definitely feel like we found some things with our car that uh, we realized we were doing wrong and and uh um, hopefully have gotten addressed and, and our results show for it right now. Like I said it the last three to four races we've been right there in the hunt, qualifying better and racing, honestly I think as good as we have all year. So uh we still got some work to do. I I thought we were really good at Beaver Dam. Uh the forty nine was definitely a little bit better than us. So uh, we'd like to uh, close that gap a little bit more, but uh, definitely happy with the direction that uh, that we're going right now. Um, especially from where we were, you know, about a month ago. Um, there for a while, it was pretty tough sledding, and uh, we'll keep working at it. and And it's a good time to get going. Good, and hopefully we can uh, get back on victory lane
1: Well, hopefully that's the case, and who knows? Maybe to be this weekend, we're going to be with you guys at Jackson, and can't wait to watch your race in person. We love our Dirt Vision but we prefer yeah. it in person and, uh, and, uh, and and being there live when all the actions happen. Darren, thank you so much mm-hmm. for taking the time and laying out what's going on behind the scenes here and for your passion for it. Obviously, you've, you've got a vested interest in it, but, but thanks for taking that unofficial role that you have, and uh, we appreciate it. You appreciate that breaking down for us today. Thanks for joining us and, and, and sharing what's going on there on that side of the sport. No
2: problem. Thanks, Steve.
1: There we go. Darren Pittman. I'll tell you there's a lot to chew on there, but I feel mm-hmm. a whole heck of a lot better than I did twenty and, and I didn't feel bad twenty minutes ago or thirty minutes ago. Yeah. I, I I thought we were I thought we were making progress. I, I guess I didn't realize when he's talking about eighty to ninety yeah. percent of tracks are making changes and little steps here and little steps there. Uh, if 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 someone would have asked me, give me a number, I'd have I been wouldn't probably have in said, the fifty percent range. Yeah.
3: No, that was great news. And and some of the small changes you talked about that they're doing that. Us, we don't even realize, you know. Never mind fans or whatever, but um, and and then to talk about how some big changes are going to take a lot of money and who pays for the promoter or is it the track? Yeah, I think those are all important because sometimes we can people on social media, whatever, can be easy to judge and say that's that shouldn't be like that. That's wrong, but yet you know the the racers are still willing to race, and it's a work in progress.
1: I I love where we're at. Darren seems to be the right guy for the right unofficial job. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah. And and I think the idea of having one point person, so you yeah. don't have a mob of 12 drivers storming into Carlton's yeah. office that doesn't get anywhere. How many times have we seen that at racetracks where, where you call a meeting, you have a mob scene where it, it focuses into one point. Yeah. There's one point it's person not a made here, a big deal. one point person yep. there. We're not shutting you down. We're just, we're, here's what we'd like to see done. Yep. And then you go back six months later, or a year later. And it's like, well, wait a minute. This is a little bit yeah. better. So I'm very encouraged. I've 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 known and I've had conversations with Darren and other drivers. Uh, we've talked a lot about the cars with Barry Jackson's yeah. been one of those guys Barry actually Barry actually when they went to to Williams Grove Barry actually went out to the track with Justin Lowe out there and they actually went around and Barry found them barrels he knew somebody in town that had mm-hmm. barrels and stuff so it's it's Darren's the unofficial ringleader of this but you see that cooperation and we're just going to be better when everyone is working together mm-hmm. n- in understanding the challenges of this yep. but working to make this little part of the racetrack is better that little part of the racetrack is better. Better. It only takes one part of a racetrack better to save something yeah. from going bad to going You're to, right. to going much better. So um,
3: one little safety change could save a life. So kudos Truly. to
1: everyone involved with it. Like I said, we're giving Darren the credit for it, and he deserves much of the credit. But but to everyone involved yeah. in it, I just think that's phenomenal. Um, what I also think is phenomenal, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Jackson here in a second. But I am also fired up. This Pennsylvania Speed Week has <laughs> me just absolutely intrigued. <laughs> um, Friday night, Williams Grove, Saturday, Lincoln. I love that Sealands Grove is on Sunday, the third race, not the final race. Yeah. Sometimes we get to Sealands Grove, and it's like, oh, can this thing just be over? Okay? And it's just the reality of running nine straight nights or whatever it is. Sealands Grove is the third night. Lincoln, Grandview, Port Royal, Hagerstown, Williams Grove, and back to Port Royal uh, through next Saturday. I'm fascinated by Pennsylvania this year. Uh, The headliner's been Danny Dietrich. Mm -hmm. Most wins in 410 racing with 10. Double digits. Yeah. He's he's beat the Outlaws out of Pennsylvania. Uh, off the porch. Off the porch. He's beat the All-Stars off the porch. Uh, you know, he's 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 he, he just has been stout. He's fast. But he's also got that Raymer kid that's mm, been fast also. Yeah. And has six wins this and year. And has
3: been faster lately. Faster lately. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and I don't care what anyone says. This is just the reality. When you go into Lincoln and you take Danny Dietrich, Danny, Danny raced his guts out to get into the draw. Okay, and when he drew number one out of the pill draw, everybody's eyes rolled their heads. The Dietrich fans are all beating on their chest. They're planning their trip to victory lane. Everyone else is like, oh, my God, we got to listen to this blowhard talk about talk about (laughs) winning along the way. And uh, young Freddie Raymer said, wait a minute. And he took the win off of him. Danny's a great racer. But when you take one, Dietrich is so good. When you take one off from that Lincoln, you're on your game, too. Something's going well. And Freddie Raymer is on his games. This Macri kid, I I mean, we talked to him a couple weeks ago. He picked up the win at Lincoln. This guy is on the podium every Mm -hmm. time they open the gates. Okay? He's always in the second or third spot, it seems like. I am telling you, you get rolling in speed weeks, and he figures out the key to the top step, and he could run off some and wouldn't even shock anybody um lucas wolf he's got three wins this yeah, season never
3: count Lucas. never out.
1: count out he's a former speed champion ryan smith ryan is rolling in that 360 car has yet to get that 410 win i mean but he's, well, yeah it's a matter of time it's not a matter of if it's going to happen it's when and the other thing i love about pennsylvania and i'm calling them role players okay how many times does lance dewey's race with him what yeah. does that mean brian monteith what's he going to do you're going to roll into Port Royal, and you may be following the Zemco car both nights. Yes. Okay, Logan Wagner has got that car gassed up at Port Royal. And and where do they run? How much do they run? How much does Monteith run? Where does, you know, I, I just, Pennsylvania Speed Week to me this year is just, I'm all fired up yeah. about it. Because I, I have, we, we know who is going to be some of the guys toward the front of the field, but we just don't know how this is going to play yeah. out at all.
3: In nine straight nights, a lot of things can happen. A lot of
1: things can happen. So, and hopefully, rain doesn't. Work. Yeah. So, sure. um, uh, Ollie's Bargain Outlet All Stars Friday night in Jacksonville, co-sanctioned with Moa. Saturday night at the Dirt Oval Route 66, co-sanctioned with IRA. That's part of the NASCAR weekend. So that's really good. IRA moves on to uh, Maribel, Wisconsin, on Sunday night at 141 Speedway. King of the West. Oh my gosh, Placerville! I got to get to Placerville. Okay, I just got to get there. Uh, they're getting there this Saturday night. Uh, Attica Fremont has a big two-night weekend. Lucas Oil ASCS National Tour, Grace Harbor Speedway, Elma, Washington, the Fred Brownfield Classic. You can check it out at racingboys.com. Regional action, the Frontier Regions in Nebraska, Friday and Saturday night at Lincoln County Raceway. Southwest has a Saturday night special at que- uh, Queen Creek, Arizona, Arizona Speedway. Golf South's at Golden Triangle Raceway Park in Beaumont, Texas. Lone Star, Saturday night in Super Bowl Speedway in Greenville, Texas. Okay. Now, that's where y'all are going, and everyone's going to have a good time. We are going to the 41st Annual Agco Jackson Nationals. Now, it started, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it started last night. I've got to get a report from Crager if he left any burgers at the $5 (laughs) burger bar, okay? But they had a big big throwdown. Uh, Tonight, first night, opening night, Thursday night racing, okay? Tomorrow. Pancakes in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yes. Erin, last year, she's slinging those things. She had about 10 or 12 feet to slinging those I pancakes know. up in the Pressure's air and caught on. one of them.
3: Pressure's on So this year. Uh,
1: pancakes, uh, Agco Open House uh, from uh, 1030 to 130. We're going to have some drivers there. We're going to interview them, and in Agco's right there next to the Speedway. So you need to go to the Agco Open House. Um, Saturday, a meet and greet with the Hall of Famers. Saturday morning, you and I are going to stretch our legs with a Husky Strength and Conditioning 5K. Uh, we got cornhole tournaments and so much more. And, oh, by the way, 5 o'clock every night, the Miller Lite stage, right next to the penalty box, it is Wing Nation presented by the Minnesota Mafia. Yeah, all of our buds mm-hmm. are going to be there. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk sprint car racing. And we're going to have a fall at a ball. It's the 41st annual Agco Jackson Nationals. If you can't join us in Minnesota, join us here on wingnation.com or on our Facebook page. Each night at 6 Eastern Time, you can follow along with our live shows. I can't wait. Me. This either. is going to be an awesome, awesome weekend. I love this weekend. Really, really neat. One of the other things I love about this weekend is the Saturday conversation we've had with Dale Blaney. It is on Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit on Mav TV. And you have got to hear Dale Blaney, 2019 Confident Ohio Speed Week Champion. Yeah. Just great stuff. So good stuff. That's coming up on Saturday morning. Hey, thanks again to Darren Pittman for joining us here on the program. More important, though, than all of that, thank you for joining us here today.
2: This has been the Wing Nation Podcast. Find Wing Nation on wingnation.com, Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast provider. The Wing Nation Podcast is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved.
3: We're always driving to dance lessons.